This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to the West of the Rest podcast. It is Monday, August 29th, and we are here to bring you another episode as we break down all the latest in West Coast recruiting. I am Blair Angulo, joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, what's going on? You know, you are watching some Little League World Series championships, seeing about eight guys that you will probably be covering in a couple of years when they are playing wide receiver at Punahou or St. Louis or Kamehameha. Isn't it remarkable how good Hawaiian youth sports are considering the distance from the mainland? And you and I have kind of an up close and I would say front seat view of this because we're at at a lot of events during the offseason from a recruiting standpoint for football. And we see so many club teams, so many parents traveling across the Pacific to get to all these events and get to every competition and get to camps and the money and the time, the energy, the fundraising that goes into getting players from Hawaii to come all the way out here to to get you know even a sliver of exposure or to stack themselves up against a competition. I, I think it's remarkable to see what Hawaii is able to do from a youth standpoint. And then you see it translate right into the the college ranks and the pro ranks. And when you think about the per capita NFL production level of of the North Shore, the Kahuku area, the Laie area, I mean, it all kind of makes sense. It's where you have years like the 2020 class where the top three players are going to Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Michigan, all from Honolulu. I mean, that's how much recruiting the islands has become important because there are players there. There are elite quarterbacks. There's been a Heisman Trophy winner, a, a national championship quarterback, two top five picks that are quarterbacks. Then you got the linemen. You got linebackers. And it all starts at the youth level. And it's not only, you know, just how dominant they are at sport there. You know, when you see those teams in Vegas, they've got the biggest crowds, families and friends and all that came to Vegas or Mesquite to watch that team. And, you know, they all kind of, you mentioned there's a, a number of club teams. I remember the days of the Adidas 7 on where you'd have 15, 20 different club teams on just Oahu, but then they would be one super team just from Team Hawaii, Team 808. 
at national. So you get a linebacker from this team and a quarterback from this team, and you put them all in there, and they're finishing in the top three each and every year. And you can see that support at, at the the youth level. And then just like you said, just continue to filter up. Yeah, Hawaii obviously kicked off the season losing to Vanderbilt. How did you take in that game? Were you able to watch it all? Was able to watch it all. You know, I got the uh, the tweet from you with the pregame haka. That was outstanding to see. I, I got to tell you, it's, it looks like kind of a cool stadium there at the TC. I think it's the TC Chin Athletic Complex at Hawaii. It's not quite Aloha Stadium where you get the, uh, the caffeine of Dodger Stadium-esque seats in that stadium. But it look you know, when it's getting dark and that, it still is just beautiful. But, you know, it was a, quite the game for uh, Vanderbilt to go down 7 nothing, and then the fight in Barton Simmons just kind of went off in the in the second half of that game. R- rough debut for Timmy Chang, but considering what he inherited at Hawaii and, and what he had to build from after Todd Graham just left the absolute, like, nuclear bomb and imploded that program – Timmy Chang kind of has his work cut out for him, but, you know, I think fans are having this because this was the first time that fans got to go to games since 2019. So, you know, Nick Rolovich was still the head coach of Hawaii the last time fans got to go to a game. I think the roster obviously isn't there, um, but they have a, a number of, of interesting commitments here in the 2023 class, uh, and they will continue, I think, to get the attention of recruits as they continue to play and, and maybe show some stuff. Uh, obviously, Timmy Chang and that staff can only do so much talking in the offseason. Now it's time to actually you know show something on the field and, and continue to get some recruiting momentum. Uh, remember to give the Football Recruiting Podcast a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel on this show. We're going to discuss some standouts from modern-day Gorman in Las Vegas. Also, Huff's interesting weekend down in the state of Oregon. Uh, we're also going to discuss the recruitment of UCLA commit Roderick Robinson, who now has a number of national programs after his signature, some commitments for a number of Pac-12 schools like USC, Arizona, Oregon State. And also, we're going to get into why September 1st could be a very deceiving day in the world of college football recruiting. But let's begin, Huff, with that matchup. Gorman, modern day. I was in Vegas. It was the premier high school game of the week last week uh, in the Western footprint. And you had modern day erase a two touchdown deficit on the road as Elijah Brown was able to throw three touchdowns. The 2024 four-star quarterback remains undefeated as a high school player, 19-0 and for modern day. And Gorman, valiant effort there to hang with perhaps the number one high school team in, in the country. Uh, I thought it was remarkable. Two standouts I wanted to point out, Huff, and, and I know we can bounce off each other here. Jordan Davison, the running back, was spectacular. I, I thought he was the best college prospect on the field. You know, the, the way he's able to run the ball, the way he's able to plant his foot and explode upfield, um, the the power that he runs with. You know, we talk about some Bay Area running backs on this show in the past, the the Najee Harris and the Joe Mixon and and the Relique Browns of the world. And I think Jordan Davison is just as good as any of those guys. It's been pretty fascinating to watch. I, I was at a camp Two years ago, it was, it was a, he was in seventh grade. I was at a seven-on-seven tournament. This is how long ago it was. Brock Bowers was standing next to me when he was a junior in high school, right before the pandemic. And, you know, Jordan Davison's uh, stepdad came over, tried to show me some film. Like, I'm not watching 
middle school film. I'm just not going to do it. And one of the coaches said, hey, you may want to keep an eye on this kid. Six months later, I'm down in Reno at a camp. He still hasn't even started his eighth grade year. And he already had a few offers. And so we've been seeing, you know, a very similar cycle to Relique Brown. Relique, remember, he had offers as an eighth grader. You know, Najee Harris, same trainer. You know, he played, Najee was getting offers as a freshman. But like Jordan Davidson's recruitment had already taken off before he really had a chance. And, you know, it was all because you had a relief round in front of you. So now, given that opportunity, I got to think Trinity League DCs are probably going great. We got to deal with this guy for three years. That That's not necessarily what you, what you want to see if you're an opposing defense coordinator. But the speed is there for his build. He's, he's exceptionally quick. He runs with such great balance. And one thing about him, you know, and this is something that, you know, I think people need to understand. It's why you've seen a lot of Alabama running backs in recent years and George running backs in recent years get to the NFL is when you're either, A, winning games like modern day is, or, you know, you have kind of a staple of back, there's more tread left on that tire. Now, this probably will be one of what, you know, two or three close games that Modern Day will play this year because they've got Centennial this weekend. They'll play Bosco at least once later in the season. But there's going to be a lot of games where Jordan Davidson will probably be done at the half. But that's the kind of breakout game you want to have against a loaded defense like Gorman has. I thought he was phenomenal. You know, recently got invited to the All-American Bowl for the 2025 class. One of the better prospects I think I've seen in that 25 class, especially out West. And he was wearing a Georgia towel, by the way. If we want if we want to, you know, give a little recruiting twist here, he was wearing a Georgia towel. And you know how much I like to read into the gear these players are wearing. Absolutely. That says a lot, especially with their recent run of running backs. Yeah. So he was out there this summer, actually, to visit with Kirby Smart. Uh, he was out there uh, meeting up with with D. Hill, who who's now one of the recruiting assistants, as well as a, a, an assistant running backs coach. So keep an eye on Georgia early on for Jordan Davison, and obviously for good reason. The player on the other side of the field that I wanted to spotlight is is not Zachariah Branch, because I think we've, we've talked about him at length on this show and, and on other platforms for the last few years five star headed to USC you know dynamic had an, an amazing touchdown catch near the goal li- near the goal line where you know his body control was amazing the the player that i wanted to talk about though is top 24/7 tight end Elijah Lofton he's from the 2024 class a little bit smaller than what i remember Brevin Jordan looking like at Bishop Gorman but people on that sideline are already calling him baby Brevin and mm. for good reason i mean physical explosive Powerful, tough to bring down. Uh, his away, his, his ability to you know catch that that back shoulder fade near the sideline. You can flex him out wide if you need to create the, some ma- uh, matchup issues for a smaller corner. You can line him up in the flex position at the Y. You can put him uh, uh, up on the line, and he's the most willing blocker that that you'll that you'll find on your team and a, a high level competitor. Huff, this this kid was bawling after the game. Like you would have thought that some someone passed away or or that some, you know that that this career was over or, or yeah I mean he took that game so serious and and it was evident when you saw him on the field the you know the plays he was making he had an amazing touchdown catch he, he was dragging defenders and, and you know when you, it, it, that's nothing to to sneeze at when you look at that modern day defense uh and he he gave them so many issues well and how refreshing is it to see the passion that that a player has in the game itself, you know, we live in a day and age where I, I joke all the time, like you, when we lost, you know, again, I'm going to sound like get off my lawn guy, but you know, 30 years ago, you lost, you, you were dreading even being seen in public until Monday at school. 
And even then, it was three days since you had lost. It was still fresh. And film the next day sucked. Nowadays, you have a team, you know, somebody will tweet, oh, lost by, didn't get the outcome we wanted, lost 57 to 6, but here are my highlights. And, and it's rare to see somebody who takes losing that seriously, but they should because that's what makes football so great. And if I'm Bishop Gorman, I want a guy like that on my team. I want a guy like that who, you know, losing nauseates him. It makes him emotional. And, you know, it says a lot about the type of game that that was where it's the, what, Gorman's second game of the season? You know, it's not even September yet, and a loss like that, so tantalizing close to beating a team like that, and you lose, that it brings out the emotion. That tells you the kind of competitor he is. And, you know, as I'm tracking that game and knowing that you were at that game, it just it was like a prize fight in the middle of December that you got to see, except you got to see it in August. But I guess long-term, you know, you, you look at those two teams, that, that was a, would have been a game that if I'm a college coach, the first thing I'm doing when I pull up huddle on Saturday morning is looking for that game because of just the sheer amount of talent on both rosters. Yeah, and Elijah Lofton, you know, he, he stood out without a doubt among that loaded field. And, you know, you look around uh, at a game like that and you look at the crowd, standing room only, the, the, the stands are packed. The facility is obviously one of the nicest ones, probably nicer than some college facilities. That stadium, the the way the 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 atmosphere was for that game, uh, I think it really elevated emotions. Elijah Lofton was, you know, he 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 kind of met the moment and uh, I thought he was remarkable. I thought he's a player that's going to see his stock rise considerably this year if he continues on that same trajectory. Only one Power 5 scholarship offer right now, Huff, from Colorado. He's also got Hawaii and Nevada on his offer sheet, but expect that to to go up because Elijah Lofton is one to know in the 2024 class, a top 15 tight end nationally early on in the 2024 cycle. You were Huff in in Oregon. You took you took a break from gathering all your portfolio and and getting your resume together to make a bid on your beloved LA Angels. Uh, and, but you were down there in Portland. What happened? <laughs> So there was a game that was on NFL Network YouTube, not on NFL Network, but earlier in the week, I, I had gotten the heads up that DeSoto of Texas and St. Augustine of New Orleans were going to be playing a game at the Rodaldo Field on the Nike campus of the Nike World Headquarters. Now, if that sounds familiar, if you're a fan that's you know watching years past, the opening finals used to be held in Beaver Chain, which it hasn't been since 2017. But if you watch that from any stretch from 2011 to 2017, all the Nike 7-on would be taking place on the Rodaldo Field. So they were going to turn it into a full-on football field. They did a flag football game between a couple of girls teams from Florida and then they're going to do the game. Well, late Thursday night, Friday morning, I'm trying to, you know, confirm my credential, come to find out that Nike was not approving any outside media the day of the game. So, I made the most of it. I pivoted to a jamboree about an hour east of Beaverton, found a, a nice little food truck station with a, you know, great selection of Oregon beers for after the game. Uh, but over at the jamboree instead, I you know, it wasn't quite DeSoto in, in St. Augustine where you had a Texas commit in John T. Cook. You had LSU with Terry Adams. You know, you had just dudes on both sides. But I still got to see, you know, three schools that have power five guys. Westland is quarterback by Sam Levitt, who's committed to Washington State. Um, some good young talent there. I was able to see Clackamas, which has the number three player in the state in the 2024 class, and Devin Brooks, uh, who's got a multitude of Power Five offers, several Pac-12 offers. Also got to see Tualatin, which 
got kind of crushed by graduation, but still has a couple guys you and I got to see when we were out in Salt Lake City in Utah. Uh, Richie Anderson, who is headed to Colorado State to play defensive end, also plays tight end, quarterback Jack Wagner going to Idaho. So I made the most of it. Still saw probably about six to eight, you know, FBS level guys and knocked out three schools in one trip. So, you know, you make the most of it and then you go find yourself some good local microbrews afterwards and, you know, you suddenly can handle that distance of a drive. <laughs> Before we pivot, I did want to ask you about Sam Levitt, the Washington State commit, uh, a quarterback who we've seen a number of times in the offseason circuit and an interesting pickup for the Cougars because they've, for some reason, have, you know, in a way, focused on transfers uh, at the at the quarterback spot in recent years they lost Jaden Delora to transfer as well who's now at Arizona uh they've seen uh, that quarterback room you know in a way there's been a lot of shuffling around what's what's the outlook for him and Pullman He's he's an intriguing player. So, you know, there's a connection with Washington State. He trains with E-Force in the Portland area. And his quarterback coach is Alex Brink. Well, Alex Brink is before Luke Falk, before Mike Leach got to Washington State and every quarterback threw for a gazillion yards. Alex Brink was Washington State's all-time leading passer. He's a Elite 11 coach now. Uh, but he's also the Washington State color commentator for football. So, you know, he had some connections, obviously, with Jake Kicker, with Eric Morris, who was originally... Uh, an inside receivers coach on Mike Leach's staff. They saw Levitt throw in the spring, offered him in the summer, and he didn't wait long to commit, jumped on the Cougs shortly after. One thing that, you know, with, with Jamborees, obviously there's a lot of rhythm that you're trying to, you know, when you, when you see Jamborees, a lot of times it's either a 10 play, 10 play, 10 on offense, 10 on defense. The one I went to had 18 plays on offense, 18 plays on defense, and you might have the starting quarterback with the fourth string center. So you had, I probably saw at least between the, the three or, or four jamborees that were all going on at the same time, I probably saw seven or eight snaps that either went over the quarterback's head or 10 feet to the right of the quarterback. Well, one thing with Sam Levin with this jamboree is that you got to see the quarterback's live. And so Sam was able to pick it up. And he had, I think, two touchdown runs in the game. And I've always looked at him more of a pocket passer, but he kind of added some some dual threat abilities to it. So, you know, Washington State wants to still run air raid. Uh, I think they're calling it the crew grade now with Eric Morris running the offense there under Jake Dicker. But I, I like that pickup for Washington State. He's the number two player in the state of Oregon. Uh, his older brother, Dallin, had a career that took him from Utah State to the NFL and he was playing for the Raiders. So one thing about Levitt is they kind of like just laying in the weeds and then proving something when they get to the next level. Yeah, a little under, underdog story there with Sam Levitt. We're going to take a short break. After the break, we're going to get into some commitments. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We are back on the West of the Rest podcast, Blair and Gulo with Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. And Brandon, you weren't able to get to the Nike campus. We did discuss, though, on the podcast last week that you were going to keep an eye out for for some Ronaldo celebrations. And, you know, I want to bring up a a correction. We don't usually bring up corrections here on the show, but Mm -hmm. I I feel like this one is worthy. We had 24-7 Sports subscriber at the OG Bay. He sent me a message and said, hey, just listen to the West of the Rest podcast, which is great, by the way. Not sure if you were aware or not, but Ronaldo Field on the Nike campus is not named after Cristiano Ronaldo, but rather a Brazilian player, Ronaldo El Fenomeno or the phenomenon just wanted to give you a heads up keep up the the great podcast you you know what's funny is that i knew that one two i've i've been i've been a a huge soccer guy i went to the 2014 world cup in brazil which this is referring to i i knew this information for some reason it just sailed over my head but i do want to say i appreciate the message from the og bay thank you for reaching out to us and if you the listener want to send us a message. Remember, we are on Twitter at Greg Biggins. <laughs> at Greg Biggins. That's, uh, speaking of Greg Biggins, this, this is a good segue. He had a report, Huff, that UCLA commit Roderick Robinson, the four-star running back from San Diego Lincoln, plans to take some official visits. Now, we're going to hit this on the UCLA angle as well as the other school angle. But he has one official visit locked in with Texas A&M for September 17th when they host Miami, which so happens to be another school he's also keeping an eye on. Georgia, Oregon, Tennessee, all in the mix as well. But what did you make of this report by Greg Biggins that Roderick Robinson is keeping his ears open well you know it's not a surprise remember when he committed to ucla at the end of may he had late suitors from georgia and from tennessee and florida in the in the time from when he took his official visit to ucla to when he committed and what happens with early commits is you know when you don't take all your official visits you may start to get left to wonder maybe i should take some of these visits just to ensure i made the right choice or get out and see some of these other schools that might be better fit. When you come out and your season opener and you run for nearly 200 yards and four touchdowns, you're going to have those other schools start to ramp up the energy and the the contact because they're going to try to get you. You still have three or four visits. Come on down, check it out, see if this place might not be for you. So, you know, this isn't a surprise. And I don't think Roger Robinson is going to be the first Pac-12, Power 5, you know, top 247, four-star type commit who committed early, still has some leftover visits. I don't think he'll be the only one that takes some officials. I would not be surprised if we see more guys start to do this. I mean, shoot, we, we saw... Malachi Nelson take an unofficial visit where, you know, you're, these guys are paying out of their own pocket. It won't see, it won't be a surprise if more and more guys start to take visits this fall, especially if they, if they have them, especially if they have leftover visits. And so, you know, schools, coaches are saying this all the time. We have to recruit our commits just as hard as the uncommitted nowadays, especially. You know, now they're having to recruit their own roster, making sure those guys stay there and don't transfer out. But there's a reason that they're still called commitments and not signings. There's still the chance for other schools, and Georgia's trying to get back into it. Oregon obviously has had some great success down at Lincoln. They signed two of his teammates a year ago in, in Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence. So you can bet that Oregon would, would love to, you know, with, with not getting Richard Young, they were probably going to ramp up. They've got another running back there. Their starting running back right now is another San Diego product, Byron Cardwell. So it won't be surprising to see Oregon get involved or Tennessee who made that late push and then Miami obviously as well. So this is going to be a fascinating recruitment to watch and given UCLA's kind of lack of high school recruiting gumption, 
do they have a, a, a second option that they can pivot to? That remains to be seen. The option is on a college roster somewhere right now. You know, yeah. like look at Zach Charbonnet, you know, even uh, before that with Joshua Kelly, he was on a different team. I mean, Britton Brown. UC- yeah, UCLA outside the top 80 nationally, coming off a rather successful season, year five with Chip Kelly, only six commitments in the high school level, two four stars. Roderick Robinson is one of them. He's the highest rated commit in this class. I don't know and I don't think that Chip Kelly's losing any sleep over this report. Not that he's paying attention to what Greg Biggins is reporting, but I will say that I don't think UCLA will bat an eye. Like, I think they will be fine if they lose a Roderick Robinson. They, obviously, they want him. They offered him. They got a commitment. But if they lose him, I think they just go and look at the transfer portal after the season. I think it's very clear that that's that that that's their that's their strategy in, in recruiting. And and uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think this roster needs to add a lot of star power heading into its Big Ten move. But I guess you know, I know Chip Kelly. His mantra is to take it one day at a time. So maybe he'll figure it out the day that that. Happens happens i think that's that's his approach is he's not going to worry about tomorrow he wants to worry about today so we will see if if that one sticks you mentioned it's going to be fascinating and and obviously he will be taking some visits uh let's run down some commitments quick fire style huff jacoby lane four-star receiver from arizona committed to usc on friday your instant reaction to that one and then I took my first L in the crystal ball in the 2023 <laughs> cycle. And of course, it had to involve Oregon and USC. Yeah. That was my yeah. instant reaction. But remember, yeah. we root for ourselves, not for others. Nope, and nope. This, I, is all, I, this is all me, me, me type of thing here. It, it, exactly. And me, me, me turned out to be a LLL. But what a great pickup for USC when you think that they've already got Zachariah Branch in the fold. I mean, you, you looked at what Oregon potentially could have brought into this class. They get Kyler Casper to enroll a year early. They got Jurion Dickey, who played his first game at his new high school this weekend and went absolutely crazy in that game. But they could have added Jacoby Lane. Now, Jacoby Lane becomes the second receiver on a class that's got the number one receiver in the country in Zachariah Branch. But yeah, I, I got to say it. I was stunned when I saw that on my way down. I thought... The most shocking thing was going to be told there was no credentials on Friday, but no, it was Jacoby Lane picking at USC over Oregon. Multiple sources had indicated that he had silently committed to Oregon. Dream School had ducks flags hanging on his wall since childhood. Uh, his best friend and essentially his brother, Kyler Casper, who was also in the 23 class out of Arizona, uh, reclassified to 22. He's already up in Eugene. Uh, he went up to camp with the ducks at the end of July for Saturday Night Live, landed the offer then, uh, and, and all indications pointed to him being an Oregon duck. But now he's headed to USC. It's a huge pickup for the Trojans. They're able to accomplish the shiftiness and the speed of Makai Lemon and Zachariah Branch uh, with a bigger wide out, a, a high point ability skyscraper that is Jacoby Lane. A really good pickup there for Lincoln Riley. Uh, a couple other commitments, three-star defensive back Genesis Smith committed to Arizona and Isaiah Chisholm, a three-star linebacker from Chaminade in Southern California committed to Oregon State. Is there anything that stands out to you about either of those? I just think Genesis could be the beginning of a very good book that Arizona could write recruit Wise this Ooh, year. okay okay i mean that's an in-state pickup for 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 jed fish uh so you know it's it's the first one in this cycle and and obviously it it, it could lead to some bigger things there for the wildcats coming off of are they gonna season. get leviticus sua though that's the bigger question you know yeah you gotta I mean, get that's... genesis leviticus get the old days going at arizona 
Dude, you're on one right now. I, I love it. Well, you know, I was just trying to pay homage to the desert storm, but I figured, you know, that's an old testament to any of you that are watching Arizona football of when those defenses were great, built on in-state kids and some California guys. Okay, I'll just stop. People do not are not tuning in to hear my comedy. No, it's great. We love it. It's nearing the end of the month, and here's here's some comedy from Huff. Explain to the listener why September 1st is going to be an important day, but also maybe a day of deception. Yes. So for those of you that follow the NCAA recruiting calendar, you probably wonder, how do 7th and 8th graders get offers? Of course, we've been covering recruiting for 20 years, and we still wonder that same question. But officially, coaches are not able to contact recruits, initiate contact, until September 1st of their junior year. So you're starting to see the the tweets that go out. We've been seeing them a little bit from coaches, from directors of player personnel, recruiting staffers. Hey, 2024s, be ready on September 1st. We'll be on the clock. We'll be reaching out. And oftentimes you see tweets from the recruits themselves. Oh, I've got my phone charged for all the calls and texts I'm about to get tonight. And there doesn't always seem to be as many of those recipients as you would think. A lot of offers that may have gone out in the spring when they're off, they're not hearing from those schools anymore. Uh, you're also going to hear a lot of offers maybe going out on Thursday, on September 1st. And then you and I, we, we talked about this back in August, Judgment Day, August 1st, when the official offers go out. Guys may be tweeting about these big time Power 5, New Year's 6 type of schools. And then the official offers they're tweeting about come August 1st are from FCS programs and non-scholarship programs, maybe. So there's a lot of, you know, tomfoolery and shenanigans that go on on the social medias between coaches. And I'm sure, wink, wink, they would never reach out and initiate contact until that September 1st day. But on Thursday, we may see a slew of schools start offering some 2024s. We might see some guys start to get more offers. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with that some guys are not producing two, three games worth of film to, to get those offers. But yes, it's very much a... Like you say, it can be an illusional day. And then August 1st of their senior year becomes kind of the reality check judgment day. Yeah, I think obviously the 11 months in between are that trial period, right? Like you drove the car off the lot. Let's see if it works the way you wanted it to. And then there's some buyers or more, so I'm sure. You know, the offers don't go out that maybe went out on September 1st. So a big day, I think, in recruiting. And and I think everyone talks about the calendar and whether they need to change, you know, certain days or if there's there needs to be like an official offer day or, you know, who, who should be offered when, all that stuff. But it, it's obviously one of those days that we monitor as recruitments begin to kick off and a lot of players get the, the attention. I will be, Huff, in San Diego for Chandler Cathedral Catholic as well as four other games as part of the Honor Bowl this weekend. I'm excited to see number one rated quarterback Dylan Rayola from the 24 class committed Ohio State. He'll, he'll uh, match up against San Diego Cathedral Catholic who has a, a number of, of high caliber defensive backs. Where are you going to be this weekend? I will be seeing the number one player in the state of Hawaii for the 2024 class, Preston Tamua, who you and I got to see at the Under Armour uh, the UC report in Maui last month. Uh, IA will be coming up to play Woodenville High School on Thursday. Then Friday, uh, I'll be down in Tacoma to see Missouri four-star quarterback commit Jabari Johnson against Auburn Riverside, which has Washington State offensive line commit Nathan Pritchard. Then on Saturday, state championship game, I'll get to see the defending 6A champs from Oregon, Portland Central Catholic, 
Lake. They will be playing the 3A champs in Washington Bellevue. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it could have been a matchup of the top tight end in Oregon, the top tight end in Washington, but Riley Williams has since transferred to IMG. So Central Catholic will not have him. And then Bellevue has four-star 24 tight end, Hogan Hansen. Uh, how about giving it up to Central Catholic? We talk about schools that play a, a brutal schedule. Central Catholic plays Bellevue on the road on Saturday, and then six days later plays Bellflowers, St. John Bosco, who tapped, hit, destroyed Allen, Texas in Allen, Texas, in their 20,000-seat stadium. I don't know if they mercy ruled them, but they will be playing St. John Bosco. We coming up to Eugene, in fact. They'll be playing that the night before uh, in Autzen Stadium, St. John Bosco against Central Catholic. So give it up to, to Steve Pine at Central Catholic for putting his team up against two teams that are considered by many to be the favorite to win the state championships in their respective states. Also, California, Texas, high school football. Hey, uh, public schools in Texas, maybe stop scheduling Trinity League schools. Yeah, it's not working out too hot. The The hashtag TXHSFB doesn't doesn't really run rampant on Fridays when they match up against the California teams from Trinity League. Um, remember, if you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars. Follow the podcast. Leave a review. And also remember to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss any upcoming live commitments. For Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Gulo. Thanks for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast.